So hello, good people of the internet. This is Tommy Kelly, and this is, of course, the Tommy Kelly Podcast. And on this episode, I want to talk about something that um, I get an awful lot of questions about, an awful lot of people t- uh, talk to me about. Obviously enough, because it's something I've become well known for, or in some way synonymous with the thing, and that's servitors. And I'm just going to explain a bit about what servitors are, or how I view them. Other opinions are available. Many, many other opinions are available. Um, and then address some of the things that you hear, some of the dangers, if you want, of servitors that uh, people you know, suggest or you come back, or people are quite scared of servitors or leaving them for too long, all those type of things. And then I'll go through how to create create one, leaving it as open as possible to make yourself a bit, you know, to do as, as creatively or as whatever way you want. But some of the kind of beats or, the, or points that you probably will need to make a servitor. And uh, this will be generally rambly, as is my uh, style. And uh, probably, you know, I'll miss out some things that I want to talk about, whatever. Um, but hopefully, overall, it'll give you a good understanding of servers and how to use them. And then you can go out and actually make some yourself and experiment with them. Because that's the best way to learn magic or to do magic, is literally to just do magic and see how it works. Because I get a lot of questions from people go, can you do this? Or what would happen if you do this? What would happen if this? And you go... My response usually is, and I don't mean to be flippant, and I try to say it in the friendliest way as possible, is do it and see what happens. And if it works, do it again. And if it doesn't work, change it uh, and try it again, or drop it and don't do it anymore. What I, what works for me magically might work for you, and what works for you might work for me, and the only way you are really going to know what works is by doing this type of thing. So, you know, you should be as practical with your magic as much as possible, rather than the armchair magician or the armchair occultist, do these things. So I would say, have a listen to this um, rambly, meandering talk on servitors, and then go make one as soon as possible. Um, it doesn't have to be a big thing. It can be something very small, some small idea. It doesn't have to be, magic doesn't have to be big, grandiose statements or you know, big desires or whatever. Make something small if you want, or make the big ones or whatever, and then um, see for yourself, and then change it and augment it and, you know, polish it until you have a good kind of servitor method that works really well for you. Or you may find that uh, you do some servitors and go, ah, not into them, not for me. I'm, other magic works much better for me. And that's perfectly cool and that's great, but at least you'll know rather than, you know, having just thinking, oh, that wouldn't work for me or whatever. At least you'll, you'll definitely know. Sigils work great for some people. Servitors work great for other people. Gwish, the Goetic stuff works, the, the demonology, all that works for other people. You just have to find out what it is. There's often, I, I've, I've thought about this, and I've seen other people talk about it recently as well, um, that what, you know, if it we're like in an RPG game, and we all have our different attributes and stats, and you know, you could be going around trying all you want to be, you know, a, a servitor guy, but it's really your your natural abilities or sigils, you know, or, or you know, your you're a div- diviner, you know, your divination, that's your... That's your RPG stat, or that's your class. So, you know, you have to find these things. Go go, go try these different things. So, enough uh, blabble. Let's get into the main meandering bits. And uh, over to me talking about servidors. Obviously enough, one of the things I get asked about by people is about servitors. 
and of course being the person that created a number of servitors that have become well known it's a legitimate enough question on the website i do have a section in the magic primer that is about servitors but i thought i'd do in the podcast what i'd go through today would be to explain how i make servitors or not necessarily how i make them but how i think you should make them or how you could make them or how to make servitors in general so the first i guess the first time i ever came across the idea of a servitor was a long 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 time ago when i was in my mid-twenties um, so we're talking 15 years ago, something like that. Um, and I was at college and I was doing the alternative health studies or holistic studies. And in one of the classes in Reiki, when we were doing that, it just, I, I, the idea came up about having, you know, like an energy form or something like that or using a kind of thing. And it wasn't quite uh, Servto or Tulpa or anything. So I, I, at that point, I started looking up a bit about it on the internet. And what I found mostly was tulpas and uh, this idea that you could create in a, in a sense an imaginary friend and if you go to or uh, reddit and you go to or tulpa tulpa t-u-l-p-a-s i think or you search around for tulpas you'll, you'll come across this a whole subdomain or subreddit that's all about tulpas and about basically people having a very intimate relationship or um very deep relationship with imaginary friends that they call tulpas and uh, it's not necessarily what tulpas originally were. There's a kind of a, it's a Tibetan, I'll get this wrong. If you want to know exactly what tulpas are, ask Jason Miller, because he's always banging on about how people get them wrong. Um, but it's kind of, is it a Tibetan Buddhist type thing where it's it's more, it's like, it's not like an imaginary friend. There's more to it. The kind of idea that we have about tulpas comes from Theosophy and from Madame Blavatsky and her kind of bastardization of the whole idea. So, anyway, getting off, going back on to the point. So when I was in uh, around that, and I was doing holistic health studies and stuff, what I found was that I, I tried toying with this idea of having an imaginary animal that around that would, it was an animal, it was a lion, and um, that would, in some sense, be a companion or a, a protector. Now, um, it was just an experiment. It was just to see what 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 the story was, what would happen. And I've been become very aware of the whole thing of that. Oh, if you should only have them for a certain amount of time, because if you leave them for too long, they go bad. And I did actually, in a sense, kind of um, get that, but not bad in that it wrecked my life. Just that it it started. Um, my thoughts, whatever you know, it would mutate, and what I couldn't keep concentrating on it, and that kind of thing. And I got a kind of a. A bad frustration feeling out of it rather than a bad feeling from it. I just couldn't sustain it in my head uh, for longer than a couple of days rather than it started wrecking my life and causing havoc and some sort of poltergeist activity or any of that sort of things. Um, so that, that, was, that was kind of my first foray into the whole kind of um, thought form thing that later served us. So then years later when I came back and I got into magic and stuff like that, I started looking at servitors again, and I really liked the idea of them. And it's kind of, the first thing you have to ask, what is the difference between a sigil and a servitor? And I guess you have to throw in a talisman into that mix to really kind of talk about it. A sigil, these can all be whatever they want. Like, this, this kind of, in, this, in this kind of uh, explanation, we'll say that a sigil is like a one deal, one-time deal. I want a pay rise. I want to have sex. I want to, I don't know, I, uh, free travel, something like that, where you have one desire, do a sigil, 
fire the sigil, get your desire. Whereas a talisman is kind of an, a long-term kind of thing, increased prosperity, increased luck, increased health. So it could still be a sigil, an informal sigil, but it becomes talismanic because it's, it's more than what, you know, it's, it's an ongoing thing you kind of want. And that's kind of what a talisman is. Talisman is that, you know, you get like, oh, good luck, charms, these, these type of things. So it's an ongoing kind of sigil, if you want, or it's an ongoing uh, magic, to, uh, you know, enchantment. So a servitor then is neither of those things, although has elements of both of them in that it's kind of a thing. It's a thought form that you've encapsulated in, in a, you know, like you've delineated, you've, you've made it exactly what you want it to be. You know, you've, you've confined it to an idea, to a description. And it that then goes out and does whatever um, you desire it to be. And people ask me, has, you know, like, has it got agency or has it got... Um, independence free actually more is it has it got free will and to, well it all depends on if you give it free will or not for the most part i would say don't give your servers free will unless you want to give your servers free will because then you're getting into the whole thing of can you control them or did or if the free will are they going to do what you've set them out to do are they going to start changing their nature and uh, evolve and all that and so when i was doing 47 i certainly made it a case that they weren't going to evolve they weren't going to be able to change in nature they weren't going to fundamentally change anything of themselves from what they were they're going to remain they'll become more powerful and better at what they do but they're not going to change like the healer is not going to suddenly become a mechanic or the healer is not suddenly going to become a poltergeist that's going to start wrecking your house or throwing books off off your bookshelf which people have this issue about servers at the start that causing um, like mischief in their house and physical things and bringing bad luck and all that kind of thing. So a big thing that when you're making a servitor is, you know, define what it is, what its boundaries are, what you want and what you don't want it to do. So the difference then between a sigil and a talisman and a servitor is that there is this kind of a, a personality, if you want, or flavour added to it. A sigil is just kind of dry and, you know, it's a, it's a, it's, it's a desire, a want that you put out. There's no kind of, um, you know, it's aesthetically, that's just it. That's what it is. There's no personality to it. Whereas Servitor has some sort of personality or some sort of um, flavor, a bit thing to it. That, that's not quite it either, but it's, you know. But it's not also has this thing that it can be an ongoing thing, but it also can be a single use. You could make a Servitor just to find, you know, 50 euro or $50 or whatever, or to get that job promotion or any of those things. But usually servers are more talismatic in nature where they're for ongoing things like increased prosperity, increased healing. You know, that's sort of the servitor goes out into the world and finds opportunities for you, you know, that you're increased to increase your prosperity. So that's how I would see it. It has a bit more of a personality, but not necessarily free will. It's kind of, I see servitors very similar to how if you, as a writer, you would create a character. It has a character to it. But that, like, like, that doesn't mean then that it takes over. Like even to the point where I talked about before, where when you write a story, the characters in a sense seem to have, have a life of their own. And, you know, you can let that happen and, you know, they can surprise you and stuff like that. But they still don't have agency because it's still you. It's still, it's like, you know, it's still part of you and you're still writing it and all that kind of. It's just like your, your writing process. And that's kind of how it's served over. So it's still, in a sense, coming from you in many ways. You know, in, in, it's your, 
your energy if you want, if you're an energetic model type person, it's using or whatever. So it's not that it then becomes a completely separate agent. That's how I see it anyway. That when I use the healer, I'm using a part of me. When you use the healer, you're using a part of you. Does the healer have an actual space on its own, on her own, where she is independent and all that? I don't think so. I don't, like The healer does not exist outside of people, outside of people who know who they are, who know what the 40 servants are. And so I think you're tapping into your, well, I see it certainly, is tapping into your own healing ability using the archetype, or the idea or the thought form of the healer. So when you share servitors in the way that 40 servants are shared, then I think it's, you know, it's still, it's your energy rather than an independent, sovereign, autonomous energy that is the healer. Um, so, yeah, so that's, that's kind of my, th it's my thoughts of all of that. So uh, that the difference between the, the things, what is several, it's a thought form. It's a thing that you create, an idea that you inject into the world in order to change something or to get a desire or, you know, something you want. Similar to a sigil, sigil to a talisman, other than there's a different flavour to it. It has, it has a sort of a personality, but it wouldn't so go, go so far as to say it has autonomy or sovereign, uh, is sovereign or has free will or those type of things. And, uh, and probably you should aim not to have that just because your mind can start playing tricks on you and stuff. And it feels like some people report to get out of hand. I don't think to do but that's the that's what you have to be aware of because it's the thing that's it's spoken an awful lot about servitors and servitors are different from tulpas in the way that jason miller would explain it better than i would and they're different from imaginary friends uh in that there's you know there's a magical purpose to it there's a desire to it where uh imaginary friends is just for something that's you know company maybe but it's not all overlap all of these things you know it's all gray it's all gray areas there's no actual exact point where things stop being when, when does a sigil stop being a sigil and when does it become a talisman what's the exact words or the exact point and when you know when is it a servitor and all that I, just, I personally think it's the intent behind it your intention behind it I intend to do a sigil I intend to make this a talisman I intend to make a servitor so intention for me being that I have an idealistic um, magical uh, uh, model outlook in that it's all consciousness it's all you know we're all in, in a field of consciousness, kind of an information model idealism kind of thing. So you have to, to come up with a servitor, you obviously have to have an idea of what you want. What do you want to do? What is it that you're trying to create? One of the most common ones is a protection servitor that you'd have, say, for the house. So that your house is protected from bad guys coming in, stealing stuff, or from weather damage, or from, you know, general, anything that would uh, be protecting, so that you've come up with your idea. But it can be for anything. It can be, I'd say, for increased prosperity, increased health, increased intelligence, whatever, you know, like better at photography, better at art, you know, uh, amused in that kind of a sense. More energy, you know, a uh, get, a trainer kind of uh, servitor to help you get fish and, how, you know, help you lose weight and all that kind of stuff. So the thing that I, I, I personally find, or I would suggest, is the difference between a tulpa and a servitor. Again, not, it's with the common thought of what a tulpa is, as opposed to what a tulpa actually is. Um, you know, the, the thought form thing of tulpa and the thought form servitor, is that a servitor has, you should house it in something in something, whereas Tulpa is just a thought form created just in the head. 
as far as I'm, for the sake of this argument, let's say that's what it is. And the reason why I think things might go bad and troubles might go bad is because they have no focal point or no focus point or no place that, um, you know, homes or, emb or embodies them. And so they become a free form thought and a free, as all thoughts are, then to um, progress into something else, to evolve and all that. Because it's just a thought in the same way that if you um, think enough about a situation, you start, you know, it starts changing. It's, it's uh, like thoughts are malleable in, in that kind of way and you, they, they can change. Whereas if you have a focus, if you have a thing, they become more stable. So that's why um, you'll find enough that people put them in statues, you know, the, the embodiment of this uh, the servitor is in a statue or in a, you know, like a, an action figure or a doll or a stone or a drawing or a card or any of these things. But it has to have, like, I feel it has to have a sort of an embodiment, a physical representation that is the, it's home or it's, you know, it's focal point, it's base. But, um, like in the, in the case of an image, there can be loads of different versions of that image, you know, it's, or a sigil or any of these things like the four servants are. So that, you know, it doesn't have to be just a rock on, on your altar or a statue or those type of things. But I do think it's important to have some physical thing of it so it's not just a thought. And it gives it a bit more weight and a bit more reality and a bit more power behind it, I find. So the other thing you have to then decide is like, so what is it going to, you know what it's for, you've given it a home and so you have to then come up with it, it has to be given energy in some way to sustain itself, to move along, to do the things it's meant to be doing. And it's called feeding the servitor and the servitors need to be fed. But you don't overthink these things. People, you know, when you talk about these things, get into the whole where you have to sacrifice and, you know, that leads to very weird places with people and, you know, to get into very... People go very dark very quick with magic and, and, and I try to keep them away from it. Not That's not to say that there's no darkness in the world or darkness in magic, but it's just there's no need to go to the dark places so quick. And, you know, and people have a tendency to do that. Or people who I interact with uh, in magic circles have a tendency to do that. So feeding it can be anything. Feeding it to me, I will, you know, I'll light a candle for you when, you know, you're successful in what you have done. I'll, um, you can blow into it to give it a bit of, you know, your own energy, which we come back to, you know, like in a, from like a Reiki energy healing sense, you can actually, you know, physically, spiritually, whatever, send it energy. You can offer it, um, like things that you have if you're doing, like say you have um, a servitor, set up a servitor that help you with your weightlifting. You can feed it the energy of the, the session, the weightlifting session that you're going to do, you know, that in the way that you would dedicate your practice, so you're doing yoga and you can dedicate your practice to whatever it is. You can dedicate, dedicate your weightlifting or your, you know, your gym session to the servitor or even I've heard talk of people I dedicate or I give my sweat and all, all these things. Anything at all that you, you think it's appropriate to feed that they would get sustenance from to continue onwards. So think about exactly what try and do something that is beneficial to it and to yourself. The four servants are fed on attention and uh, I just think it's, that's great because the more attention you give it, the more powerful it become and, you know, it's, it's not a hard thing to do to give a servitor attention. So when you've come up with what it is, when you have come up with um, where you're going to home it, how you're going to feed it, 
uh, decide for a bit what uh, have some rules you know you don't do this you know I don't want you to do this you know really delineate and really put it, it down what you want so like if, if it's a money servitor say well I don't want anyone to be physically harmed out of it if, if you know if that's what you you don't want people you know I don't want anyone to die to bring money so I don't want you to do that you know you have to come up with other ways but don't choke it so much that I can't do anything you know it's that whole thing if you don't harm anyone but like everything harms someone like in a sense like harming someone is you know like doing a day's work is harming you physically if it's a physical job so like I mean there's harm in everything so you have to word it kind of differently around that to kind of just kind of you know whatever it is you want that you don't you want them to do without, without you know don't start again so basically people be scared and people be worried about that if I make um money magic that my auntie's going to die and that's how I'm going to get it because this whole idea of the line of least resistance and you know I get the inheritance from my auntie it's huge magic and massive magic to kill someone and to you know to that so like to think that you're gonna start with magic get it together and kill your auntie for, you know like it's 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 not likely now it's not i'm not ruling it out either but it's not likely so in that case say i don't want any anyone to actually die and inherit the money you know that way from unnatural causes or whatever these things put in a bit of rules um, I would also decide, uh, um, suggest that you put in a self-destruct thing. Like, say you've decided that have an ongoing kind of talismatic servitor. And at some stage down the road, you want to go, well, I don't want this anymore. I don't want to have this anymore. I do not own magic. I've become a Christian and I think magic is wrong. Whatever your reasoning is to stop wanting to do it or having it. Put in something in the creation of it that becomes a rule that it... Um, become leads to its destruction so like you can go if i uh, smash this stone smash this statue if i um burn this drawing or whatever it is then you're you know you're gone you're you've ceased to exist you've you go back to wherever it was you came from before i created you all of these things so have some sort of fail safe thing that if in the future you want rid of it then you can destroy them I have all the 47 the original ones in the box on my altar. And technically, I could probably destroy them all if I really wanted to. I can't imagine I would. But um, it, was, it was in my thought. I think there is a physical element to the 47 too that could be destroyed. But again, there would have to be an intentional element of it. Like, say my house burnt down, touch wood, um, and they were burnt, would the servitors be destroyed? You know, with the 47s be gone? I don't think so because the intention wouldn't be there of trying to destroy them. But worth considering and worth thinking about and uh, come up to your own conclusions about it. So then you have to give it life. Then you have to, you know, activate it. You have to do whatever. You, you know, you have to do something that's going to activate it and make it real and make it, you know, the actual magic of it. There's plenty of ways to do that. Do a little ceremony that marks the occasion. You know, um, do a dance. Or you can do things like, uh, again, blowing the uh, air into it, like your breath into it. That's what I did with the four servants, was blow air into it, giving it some life force, like the first bit of life, that, and then it became self-sustaining. Again, you can do the energy thing, like if you're from like an energy healing, Reiki type thing, pushing the energy into it. You can do things, of course, like where you can, you know, masturbate and all that type of stuff. I've never found that particularly one I didn't find particularly magically satisfying in a sense, it felt a bit stupid, uh, which could just be my hang-ups. Up, hang 
But I never found that uh, effective, even with sigils or stuff like that, the whole um, wank activation thing. But it certainly works for uh, for some people. So if that's 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 your, uh, you know, if you're into that and that works for you, then certainly go with that. And again, you could probably do it with blood in the way that, you know, runes are kind of done with blood to activate them in a sense. Or, you know, a rune set. But I, I've talked before about blood magic. It's not... I, it shouldn't be your go-to. It shouldn't be the first thing you do. Do some other stuff first. It should always be like kind of a last resort thing because there's nowhere next, nowhere else you can go. There's nowhere you can up your game, really, without getting to super dark places. So stay away from the blood magic. I suggest. You do as thou wilt. And then, after all that, when you've put the energy in and you've done all that, then you have to have some sort of intentional moment where you let it go out into the world and let it do its thing. And then you keep your end of the bargain when it, you know, it's if you've money, money served out and money comes in and, uh, you know, you feed it and you, you give it feedback or whatever from whatever your offerings, these type of things. So, excuse me, just having a drink. So the main sort of concerns about servitors people have again that they, they will start going nasty, start going bad. I've never found this. The 40 servants have certainly not done this. And I said before, the only kind of thing that remotely echoes that is that Tulpa 15 years ago and that was more of a frustration than it annoyance. It didn't do anything to my life. It didn't attack me. It didn't change anything. It was just that I couldn't keep the idea of it in my head long enough and it kept changing, you know, like the the image of it that I had in my head because I was trying to, to be a lion um, that was following me around and it would turn into other animals and stuff like that and I just couldn't. It's, it's like I, when I'm trying to visualise that happens to me as well like say I'm trying to visualise a room the room will keep changing you know and the, the window or something will change or the floor will change or the perspective changes that kind of thing I find that quite frustrating and that frustrating but certainly um, in all my dealings with servitors I've never had a case of them going bad or coming against me or whatever. But it, I do stress because it's so many people talk about it and so many people mention it as something that they are concerned about. And anyone I know, and there's only a few, who have ever said that they have had servers going wrong are people who in general, their lives are a bit of a mess and you're a bit chaotic and a bit, you know, susceptible to, you know, to a bit of anarchy or a bit of chaos or a bit of stuff falling about the place. You know, if you're if you're imbalanced as it is and you're doing these servitor things, I, it's it's less likely that anything bad is going to happen. But you know, no guarantees. You know, magic is not safe by any means, and it's not something that you should take lightly either. So it should be there in the back of mind. It's a it's a wide enough idea or thought that servitors can go bad, that it's worth you investigating your own thing. My personal experiences, they never have. Then, you know, just be very sure about what you want them to, to do, what their boundaries are, what, you know, what they're meant to do. You know, what, what is it that you actually want them to do? That, that can be quite hard and that it can go, oh, general money, but money in what way? Do you want, like, increased, uh, you know, do you want more work? Like, so, like, I mean, you could go, you have a servitor that'll get you more, you know, increased wages, say, but it involves you getting an awful lot more work. So you have to be very kind of, with all magic, you have to, you know, be fairly specific, with, but at the same time being as open to thing as possible. Like, don't, one of the first things people all do when they come to magic, and well, magic in particular, is to try to win the lottery. And 
the thing about it, it's it's unlikely, highly unlikely. And if magic is enhancement or probability enhancement, then you certainly can enhance your probability of winning the lottery lottery from one billion to one to one hundred and you know hundred thousand million to one or whatever. You're still not going to win the lottery, but your magic has worked. Again, it's unfalsifiable and all that thing. Probability enhancement sounds like a good <laughs> good thing of magic. I'm not sure, so sure it is. But say you want to win the lottery. Well, why do you want to win the lotto? You want to win the lotto because you want to have more money. Well, just make your servitor for more money. Like, don't limit the the magic by saying, I want to win the lottery. Money from whatever. Money from good places. Money uh, that uh, makes me feel... Like, I, I like what my magic is to... Uh, rather than not, you know, money without people dying, money without increased work, or whatever it is, I don't mind work. Um, you know, you think, say, money from a happy place. Money, uh, an unexpected payment um, that makes me feel joyous. That sort of thing. Because like, then you're ruling out any of the, the negative stuff in many ways. Because if the money comes, you're going to feel good about it. And if your auntie has died and left you some money, chances are you're not going to feel good about it. But maybe you will. <laughs> maybe that's the type of person you are. I don't know. Maybe it all depends on what type of person the auntie is. So that's kind of kind of it the um servitors are they're interesting and definitely worth um messing with or uh, investigating or experimenting with is the word i'm looking for and you will find some people find servitors work really well for them some people find sigils work really well for them and other people find that none of them work well for you know people go oh how long do i have to wait for things to work you know how long do you have to wait for anything to work in, in magic it's going to be different for everyone but uh, you should see some success or lack of success in uh, your servitor fairly quickly, you know. That's with all magic. But there's a million other reasons why things don't work in magic. Mostly it'll be you, or if it's if you're like me, it'll be you. And in some way you're kind of blocking things um, rather than the magic not actually working. So the final thing comes down to the thing I was touching on earlier on. What are servitors? What are they? They're quite woo-woo. And the quite thing because it's like creating um, an imaginary friend. In a large way, if you're explaining it to someone who's not into magic, that's what it sounds like. And that you, so it's like you have a thought from that goes out in the world that does something and affects and changes your life. But think of it in one way of like, um, say we are we're in the matrix. I'm not saying we're in the matrix, but just for this, uh, go with this for the moment. A servitor would be like injecting a program into the. You know, the the matrix to change something to get a desire you want that's the way i see it and it's an ongoing program in the way in the matrix you have certain characters that are within the matrix and there to me would be servitors like the the oracle or the the other uh kung fu dudes you know the and then the key the guy with the key and all that kind of stuff they're kind of servitors within the matrix and that's how i see them within the thing not obviously i, I don't think we're programs i'm not one for the um that theory, what's that theory? We're all in a computer program. That uh, word that won't come to my mind at the minute. <laughs> my brain is getting so bad recently where there's just words that will not come into my mind. Or oh, the simulation, that we're living in a simulation. I'm not one for that, although I do like it as an idea. And as a workable magical idea, I find it very good. But I don't ultimately think that. Um, in the sense of, well, I do have an ideal, idealistic idealism outlook where i think it's all conscious so it's kind of similar but i don't think we're 
But you see, the thing, the thing about idealism versus um, the simulation theory is that the simulation would still involve that there is some materialistic universe somewhere where we're sitting on someone's shelf in a computer, whereas idealism would say that it's all consciousness, all an illusion, all mere maya, it's all a dream, which is where I currently find myself. So that's kind of it on servitors. I am um, sure I'm missing things out. And uh, I'm sure I'm not answering a lot of questions. So it's just, yeah, so basically, in conclusion, to go back over it, come up with what you want. You know, come up with the idea of what, why you're making the servitor. Come up with how you're going to feed the servitor. Find something you can put it in, like a stone, a statue, a drawing, um, anything, any, something like that. So, you know, home and embodiment of it. Um, Put in some sort of self-destruct thing where you can decide if I don't want to have this in the future, how I can stop it. And then give it life in some, some sort of ceremony or some sort of intention where, you know, blowing air into it, blowing energy into it, giving it energy. Um, you know, I don't baptize it. The, the 47's got done with the different elements. So that, that's an idea too, you know, um, earth, air, fire, water. You know, have representations, give them that. Yeah, you know, some sort of intentional thing. And then the final one is you let it go and you set it on its way and you, you do the thing. And when it does its thing, you do whatever deal you have. You, you feed it whatever offering you have uh, decided, or whatever food you've decided to feed it with. So, uh, so yeah. That was another episode of the Tommy Kelly podcast, and uh, I have to say I do enjoy doing these, and I really appreciate of your feedback. I said recently in one of the last ones that um, I wish I was better at them and stuff, and I got an awful lot of nice messages and stuff saying that people do like what I do, and that's that's really nice, and that's you know I take that very much. Uh, it makes me feel good, and uh, you know, and uh, I, w I do wish I was better, but more for me and. Uh, and for you having to listen to it or whatever, I wish that I was a bit more articulate in my ideas. But I suppose I could sit down and write all this stuff out and have point by point by point and uh, do it. But I find when people do that, and especially when I do it, it becomes very flat and boring. And, you know, it's just as if someone's reading off a page. Some people are really good at it and can put an awful lot of life and energy into reading bullet points and stuff like that. I tend to keep my notes, if I do have notes, as loose as possible and just kind of riff on the idea um, and see what comes out and stuff like that. Because, again, as I say, I stress that uh, I started doing the podcast to become better uh, at speaking because it was not something I, I was really good at and something I found very kind of stressful or anxious and would make me anxious if, uh, if I thought, if someone says someone asked me, will you be on my podcast? I'd go, oh, no, you know. What can I say? I don't know how to talk. I don't know how to articulate my ideas. I don't know. I don't know what my ideas are, <laughs> really, you know. What if someone asks me a question? I don't know the answer. So I thought I would do the podcast and, and so that I would just start talking and start getting it out and see what came out. And sometimes stuff comes out as well. But what I find is what happens is, like, Derek can talk about servitors. I now have a better appreciation of what I think servitors are about than I did before I did the podcast. So it's much 
as it's learning, say if you, if you don't know anything about servers or you haven't you know, come across before, you may have learned something from that podcast, how to do them. But I have too, and I, I, I'm clearer in my understanding of these things. So if you want, my hyper sigil of the podcast is to, become, to have a greater understanding of the things I talk about. Uh, so it's a learning thing for me as well. It, it's not... So I don't... That's what I don't, certainly don't see myself as any sort of a teacher or whatever. But I do know that you don't really understand something until you try to explain it to someone else. Or what is probably more likely is that you don't realise how much you don't understand something until you try to explain something to someone else. So you can say, oh, well, I have a fair idea of uh, sigils or servitors or the Goetia. And then someone who knows nothing about it says... Tell me a bit about the Goetia, and you go well, and then you don't, you don't, you don't really have it formulated in your head what it is. You have kind of all these rough ideas uh, going around your head what it all is, but it's not in any way structured, and that's fine, I suppose. You don't have to have all these things structured, but it's interesting then when you try to explain things or when you try to verbalise it or vocalise things, how not all put together your ideas about magic or whatever it is you know whatever topic it is we just talk about magic here in this podcast so what i probably should do at some stage in the future is look back on some of the things i've talked about before and uh, how my ideas have changed or have become more articulate from having done the podcast or the blog posts or whatever it is but, you know, there's, we're about 70-ish podcasts in, so there's plenty still to talk about before going back and talking about other things as well. But anyway, I just thought I, I would just explain a bit about me and my process and stuff like this. This is the apology section of the podcast, as uh, regular listeners will know, where I, um, I apologise for my uh, futility and my, uh, my lack of, I don't know, my lack of being perfect, I suppose. So, if you want to have more if you want to listen to more imperfect podcasts then go to tommykellypodcast.com and all the podcasts are there it's on soundcloud that's where it's hosted but you can get it in itunes you can get it in pocket cast you can get it in uh, Castbox, stitcher all of these places and there's the rss feed there so in theory no matter what podcatcher you're using you can um, it should just you know catch it as is a podcatcher's want um I do other stuff. I have videos, which I do on YouTube. At the minute, the main thrust of all the videos is the 40 Servants video course, which is gradually um, getting back up to speed. With. We're coming near the end of it too, in a sense. We're getting into the, the latter half of the cards. We, I was going through each card and t- talking a bit about it. There's about 37, 38 videos there at the minute. And once I get through the cards, I will do a couple of videos on how to use them. Um, there is videos at the beginning of, uh, you know, what is magic and, and the 40 servants and describes all of that kind of stuff. But I do possibly do a divination reading and that kind of thing at the end. So it won't just be when I get to the end of the cards, that'll be it. But um, after that, I, I, I probably want to get into more stuff. But I want to kind of expand a bit more, not necessarily have all the videos about the 40 servants and all that, but magic in general and occultism and all that. So you can check that out. That If you go to adventuresinwoowoo.com, that's my kind of hub, my blog. Excuse me, I am rifting again. My humblest apologies. Um, blame this Coke Zero. I'm still on the Coke Zero. <laughs> I'm addicted. Uh, yeah, so Adventures in Movie, that's the blog. That's where everything is. And, and uh, all the links will be there so, you know, for the podcast, for the Forty Servants video course. Everything you could possibly want to know about the Forty Servants is actually there, even including how to use it for free, how to use them all for free. Um, 
that's all that that's going to be getting an update soon i want to change the artwork and i want to get it so it looks a bit better on mobile phones and tablets and stuff like that at the minute it's it looks nice on a desktop not so much on phones and stuff like that so i want to kind of you know have a balance between it looking cool on the desktop but being very functional everywhere else and try to get it look cool everywhere else so that's on the to-do list um, I'm on all the social medias. You can get me at Tommy Kelly is mostly where I am. That's T-O-M-M-I-E. But it's Tommy Kelly Artist on Facebook. I'm talking to Facebook, there is an Adventures in the Movie page. There is a 40 Servants Facebook group. And it's a really nice group. And if you want to know about 40 Servants, just come in and say hello to everyone. All really, really nice. One of the nicest groups on Facebook. And I'm not just saying that just because it's about 40 Servants. It really is. It's full of really cool people. And it kind of... Itself places itself in that no hassle, no one, no one, you know, that nastiness you can get in a cult circle just isn't there whatsoever. And it's, you know, it's a great place. You should check it out. It's, uh, I assume it's just Ford Servants on Facebook. If you search Ford Servants, you'll find it anyway. If you would like to help me uh, financially, you can go to my Patreon and you can get to that by going to TommyKelly.com. And that's T O M M I E Kelly.com. And there's loads of stuff there. We do group rituals. We're doing a, a year-long thing called a journey, which is about shadow walking using servers and really getting into deep into trying to become better people and trying to discover as much as we can about ourselves to, you know, become better people and be, be have a wider, better, cooler experience of the world. You know, using magic as in meditation and shadow walking, journeying, servitors and all this as our tools. There's loads of PDFs there of my comics. There is um, the digital download of the deck. There's the PDF of the Grimoire of 40 Servants. If you go to the page, TommyKelly.com, um, or just search Tommy Kelly on Patreon, on the right-hand side, you'll see all the different tiers and what you can get. I post on Patreon every day. There's always something like a, I'm very active on Patreon. There's an awful lot goes on over now. We recently did a whole big uh, novena thing to the saint and uh, that people really enjoyed, and we got an awful lot from, I think. I say there's group rituals every week on a Wednesday we do a group ritual together uh, with an astral temple we've all these things you know we, we're good and but again that's very welcoming there's a good community it's uh, a lot of people from the 40 servants uh, Facebook group and that kind of stuff there but it's really nice and um, check it out I do free posts on it too as well but if most of my free stuff just goes on the blog adventuresandwayway.com so you can check that out I'm going to be putting a donation button, a PayPal donation button on the website when it gets all done up. Now, I know this drives some people this insane and you really don't like it. But here's what it is. People have asked me to do it and uh, so I'm going to do it. I'm going to test it out, whatever. If it annoys people too much, it's because people think it's like begging and, um, you know, I don't know, people have an issue to it as well. It's, it, it mightn't be so much in occult circles as it was, but it used to be a huge thing in webcomics where people get really aggressive and nasty about people having PayPal donation buttons on their website. So I kind of had an aversion to that kind of thing. Uh, but some people have asked me about it, so I'm just going to put it up there, see how it goes. Uh, it'll be, that'll be when I reorganise the site and rechange it around as well. But uh, for the time being, the best way to support me, if you don't want to spend your hard-earned cash, is to just share the, the podcast, the videos, the webpage, um, just, or come talk to me, like the stuff, you know, leave a review on Amazon or the Gamecraft or anything. There's absolutely loads of things you can do that I would massively appreciate that doesn't involve you paying any money whatsoever. Um, so yeah, good people of the internet. That was my 
podcast, I was going to say rambly meandering, and I'm going, I really have to get out of uh, <laughs> um, making excuses or apologising for my podcast. That's obviously a major thing I have to do, I have to work on for myself, is my apologetic nature, and just be more forceful about, that's what I said, here you go, and uh, be done with it. But good people of the internet, may you have a wonderful week. May you have good fun with your servers. May they work really well. Um, may they bring you everything that you could possibly want. And may, they, may life challenge you in all the good ways so that you become a better, more wiser person. And may... I always want to say may all your dreams come true. And then hold back because like that thing, when all your dreams come true, when you get everything you want, many of your dreams will be destroyed, whatever that saying is. But so may you have a wonderful week. There you go. That's the best. But may you have some really precious moments that you'll stick with you till the rest of your life. And good people of the internet, be well. Mm-hmm.